In this video, I'm gonna to explain to you why Apple absolutely will not tell you how much RAM is in an iPhone, why they'll hide how many milliamp hours the battery is, why even the clock speed of their custom chipsets isn't listed on the spec sheet, and why you can't even turn your own damn AirPods on or off your own damn self. And I'm gonna do it right now. Sponsored by CuriosityStream. I'm just gonna say it, spec sheets are borderline toxic in tech these days. They're quantitative, not qualitative, and often presented without a lick of context or qualification as to what they mean or how they affect the user experience. And because some people in some markets just insist on buying almost entirely based on the specs on the box, some companies just go to ridiculous levels to goose those specs. It's why we see things like quad camera systems where three and a half of the cameras are junky two megapixel macros, just so they can print that number on that box. Now, Apple has always insisted on spec fighting different, and I'm not here to make excuses for it, to justify it, just to explain it. And you can agree with it or disagree, and on a case-by-case -case basis, you can love it or you can hate it, but if you hate it, I just want you to hate it smart. So let's start with the memory, the RAM iPhones just don't need as much RAM as Android phones. And that's the simple truth. First, Apple makes iOS and iPhones, just the whole widget, the whole stack, from silicon to icons, from atoms to pixels, so they can optimize iOS specifically for the iPhone, where Google makes Android, but a wide variety of different companies slap it on an even wider variety of different Android phones. And that means, yeah, you get a ton of options to choose from, but it also means, yeah, you get a lot less optimization for each and every one of those options. Second, and for similar reasons, iOS is a native platform and iOS apps are native apps written in native languages, Objective-C and Swift, where Android is an interpreted platform and Android apps run through virtual machines. Originally Dalvik, now the Android runtime, and are written in interpreted languages, Java or Kotlin. And again, that's more flexible. It's just less optimized. And that goes deeper as well, down to how iOS uses automatic reference counting and Android uses garbage collection. And there are absolutely pros and cons to both approaches, but Apple's is just lighter on RAM. Third, multitasking and memory management are surfaced differently. Both iOS and Android are full-on multitasking monsters. Steve Jobs demoed seamless native app task switching on the original iPhone. Apple just never, not ever extended full multitasking access to third-party apps. They treat iOS more like a console and Google treats Android pretty much like a full-on traditional computer environment. So you can push the limits of RAM on Android, but iOS, iOS will just jettison your app with savage fury anytime and every time it needs to. And the bigger the app, like a game or social networking, and the more important the new task, like launching the camera, the faster and harder that memory door just gets slammed. And I know I probably got some of those technical details wrong. So geeks just yell at me in the comments, like tabs versus spaces yell, and hit the subscribe button and bell while you're there so you don't miss any of the follow-up. It's like a tractor trailer typically has and needs more wheels than a sports car. There is no correct amount of wheels for a vehicle, just a sufficient amount of wheels for that vehicle to get the job done, hopefully as efficiently as possible. But rather than just explain all that 
And more importantly, rather than risk people making bad decisions based on the size of the number on a spec sheet, Apple just prefers to not even put that number on the spec sheet to begin with. And it's the same thing with the battery. All of those factors I just talked about, along with the custom system on a chip or SOCs that Apple has been making for the iPhone since 2010, it all means that the iPhone puts just much less demand on a battery than a typical Android phone. And sure, they all do things now like trying to split loads between lower and higher power cores, use machine learning to enhance power management, and otherwise just do pretty much everything they can to eke as much, to squeeze as much battery life out of whatever amount of battery is available. But pumping in more battery into a phone isn't like pumping more jelly into a donut. Everything is a trade-off, everything is a compromise, and batteries are hot, not radio transparent, and as people with the iPhone 12 Max Pro are finding out, they're heavy. So Apple tries to lock into the battery life that they wanna deliver, and then figures out how small and light of a battery they can get away with to deliver it. And that means, instead of talking about battery capacity, milliamp hours, where they look small, Apple only talks about battery efficiency or usage hours, where it tends to scale really well by the size of the device. And it's the same with clock speed on those SOCs, on those chipsets. Apple routinely fields, core for core, just some of the fastest processors on the planet, fastest in mobile, and pretty much straight out the gate in the running for desktop already as well. But they never, not ever talk about clock speed because for them, it's really just an implementation detail. The highest frequency they can run at the given thermal envelope of the device they are inside. And when that changes, like when they go from an iPad to a Mac, they let the frequency go up. And when the heat has saturated the whole stack, the whole chassis, they turn the frequency back down. But unlike other companies, Apple won't just pump voltage in to goose frequencies and force performance at the expense of heat and power consumption. And if given the choice, if Apple could increase efficiency and battery life by a lot by giving up absolute performance numbers a little, that's a trade-off the Apple Silicon team will absolutely make, like 12 times out of 10. And that means other companies can and will post higher core counts, higher frequencies, higher all of the things except for performance efficiency. So while Apple is absolutely not above bragging about being so damn ridiculously fast, they don't wanna get into the weeds when it comes to speeds and feeds. They don't wanna get stuck arguing over the nebulous benefit of non-meaningful, non-user-facing numbers. They'd rather have the inarguable experience benefits. And it all boils down to the same reason AirPods, even AirPods Pro, even the brand new AirPods Max, just don't have power switches. It's because Apple designs products so the 80 to 90% of normal human beings just don't have to stress over things like micromanaging battery life or even remembering to switch headphones on or off, which is, of course, just absolute anathema to the 10 to 20% of us tech nerds who rapidly race to ruin it, just ruin it for ourselves by stressing over the lack of micromanagement and on and off switches. But regular people shouldn't have to worry about keeping devices charged between 20 and 80% to maximize battery health. So Apple just builds better and better charging controllers to do that for them. They shouldn't even have to worry that if they forget to turn their headphones off, the battery will run down so they can't use them the next time they want to. 
So Apple uses sensors like accelerometers to put the headphones to sleep when they're not moving. And that way there's no switch that you can forget about. It's just handled. Now, that's not to say Apple's philosophy is right or good for everyone, far from it, or that the way Apple chooses to implement that philosophy is always even right for anyone because Apple has more than their own fair share of bugs and butterfly screw-ups all the time. That's why it's so important that we have so many different options to choose from. But Apple's singular goal, their singular focus has always been to make technology simpler and more accessible for the mainstream, to abstract away the complexities and to try to make these things just work. And the only reason that's a problem that's even an issue is that the design and performance are often so good, we nerds want it too. But then we immediately want to take it all apart to see how it all just works, most especially when it stops working or is just not working and none of it is designed for that. And that's when I personally just leave it and go back to watching Nebula, the streaming video platform I'm building along with my education creator friends like Alex, the low spec gamer, Jordan Harrod, TechAlter, Epos Vox, real engineering, real science, and so many more. Nebula is a place where people who just don't wanna watch on YouTube can still watch, where we can put up extended and bonus content without having to worry about demonetization or click-through rate or watch time or the tyranny of the algorithm or ads. You can find all of my videos there completely ad-free, including Apple Talk, my new psychology of technology podcast with psychotherapist Georgia Dow which has bonus topics only available on Nebula. And what does this have to do with CuriosityStream? Well, as the go-to source for the best documentaries on the internet, they love educational content and thoughtful creators. And so we worked out this deal where if you sign up for CuriosityStream with the link in the description, not only will you get CuriosityStream, but you'll also get a Nebula subscription for free. And for a limited time, CuriosityStream is offering 41% off, 41% off, for the holidays, which is an even better best deal, just the best deal in the business. So click the link in the description to get just the best deal on CuriosityStream and Nebula for free. Or you can go to curiositystream.com slash Renee Ritchie. It's a great way to support this channel and educational content directly. Just click on the link in the description or go to curiositystream.com slash Renee Ritchie. And clicking on that link really helps out the channel. For a ton more on Apple and why they do the things they do, click on the playlist above. I've got reviews, explainers, deep dives, and a lot more. Just click on the link in the playlist and I'll see you next video.